the way that you come off on Instagram really speaks a whole lot to your brand story. So I think working out that brand story, your colors, your overall aesthetic, and the way that you want to communicate with your um, your followers um, is really important. And then right after that is that consistent posting, figuring out the editorial calendar, um, how often are you going to post, and and then right alongside that is engagement. So I kind of get that down pat with my clients and have them sit down and figure out how do they want to be seen? How often do they want to be seen? And how do they want their customers to feel? Welcome to the Instagram Stories podcast, the only podcast that is guaranteed not to get shut down by Instagram for any trademark violations. That's a true story. If you are interested in Instagram, every two weeks I interview an expert about the platform. I get them to share their secrets, their tricks, what's worked well for them, what they teach their clients to do, or what they get their clients to pay them to do. And you get all that information for free just by listening to this show. If that's not enough for you, and you think, I need Instagram information more than every two weeks, what if there was some kind of daily show? Well, I have just the answer for you. I have a daily show, which you can find on your Amazon smart speaker or your Google Nest or Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's also called the Instagram stories. And there I give daily updates about the platform. Every time they add new features, sometimes they remove features, sometimes I share hacks or tip of the day, all kinds of different things. But you can find that on, on the daily show called the Instagram stories. Before I get into today's guest, I want to tell a quick story. I think I told the story for the first time on the last episode, and I had such fun telling the story that I thought, I want to do this again. A couple of years ago, before COVID, I was in not my town, but the next town over. I don't really know a lot of people in that town, but I was at a stop sign about to go through traffic, and my windows were down. It was a nice spring day when I heard someone yelling at me. I heard, hey, hey, and... I look up because I'm confused. I don't know this voice and I don't know why anyone would be yelling at me. And I look up and there's a guy with his car right next to me in traffic. And he says, I've been watching your stuff on Instagram. I really like it. Good job. And I was like, how are you watching my stuff on Instagram? And then I realized I'd been using the location tag for where I live. And this guy must have been watching the location tag. That was my first moment where I realized that people that I didn't know were finding me and watching my life like it's television. If you've ever thought, I should have a television show, but no one has shown up to give you a television show yet, good news. You can literally use any social media platform these days to act like you have your own TV show already, and then people will just watch it. I do want to say that location stories and hashtag stories were very powerful for a long time. When you hit the search button, you could search to find all the stories in your area and you could watch them, which was a great way to get a context for what people in your town were up to, were doing, going. It was a great way to find what bars and restaurants looked like at certain times of the day so you could tell if they were crowded or not or if it was a spot you might want to go to or not. However, Instagram removed the ability to watch location stories and hashtag stories. I've tweeted Adam Osseri head of Instagram, and Vishal Shah, VP of product at Instagram, about this a couple of times. I don't want to over-tweet because I've gotten questions answered and I don't want to ruin the relationship that I have by just tweeting the same question over and over. If they didn't answer it, it's probably for a reason. I have no idea what that reason is, but 
The long and the short of it is you can still use Instagram like it's your own TV show if you want to. If that's not your thing, no pressure. Keep using it how you've been using it. That's totally fine too. Okay, let's get into today's guest. I'm interviewing Lisi Metzger. What I really like about Lisi is she's been blogging since 2009, so she has a really good background on what it's like to put your life online. She's grown engaged communities on her blog, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. She's been featured in a number of online publications. She's passionate about creating content for small businesses, brands, and professionals. Lisi and I connected because she'd been listening to my podcast and as soon as we chatted, I knew she was exactly the kind of person I wanted to have on the show. We get into some of the strategy that she teaches her clients. You're really going to like this episode. I'm just going to ask one favor before you listen to this episode. If you could, please go on Amazon.com or Apple Music or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a review of the show. It really helps other people to find the show. However, if it's going to be a negative review because you think I need to work on certain things like sound quality, like better questions or something else, send me a DM at Daniel Hill Media. I promise I want to make this show as good of an experience as it can possibly be. So I will absolutely work on whatever suggestions you give me. Okay, here's today's episode. Today on the show, we have Lisi Metzger. Lisi, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for being willing to come on the show. Thank you for having me. So, Lisi, for people who are not familiar with you, can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. My name is Lisi Metzger. I live in New York, and I am a social media manager and agency owner. My handle is L Studio Media, and I work with small businesses to elevate their online presence. How did you get started doing that? So um, I want to say this was a pandemic idea and business. It was a little bit of a career shift. Um, Everything went remote last year for me, and um, I kind of went back to my blogger content creator roots of 2009, 2010. Um, I was a blogger for five years, and I I created content for myself primarily and brands and small businesses. Um, I dropped it after having my second son, and I really missed it for about seven years, six years. Um, And I was really looking to get back into it. Um, And the pandemic and being home kind of just got my wheels turning. And, um, you know, the quietness of everything and the the slow pace kind of made me feel like, if not now, then when? So last year, I opened up shop um, and I decided to talk about it with my friends and family. um, And people started believing in me and I started getting clients and haven't looked back since. What made you think Instagram is the place to be? Like what gave you, this is the spot? Well, I want to say I was looking back at my posts. Um, I've been on Instagram for 10 years now. Um, My first post was June of 2011. Um, I look back. So I've been on Instagram for a long time. I don't know when, when did they actually open up shop? I don't think it was too far before that. I'm fuzzy on the timeline because honestly, I don't think I started till end of 2012, maybe beginning of 2013. I'm not really sure. It's uh, it's pretty fuzzy to think that far back. Yeah, I think I'm an early adopter. Like I was, you know, I was so into it when it first started. I was on Blogspot and WordPress in 2009. And when Instagram came out, we all just jumped on it. Like the original bloggers, like a bunch of us just 
got on it as a way to um, hype up our photos for our blog. I thought we all thought that the filters were so much fun. And I remember it being just, you know, one of those things like you're connecting almost with these blogger friends on a different platform. So it kind of just like took my blog to a different place. Um, and I posted the same way that you post now, but back then, and I was never exactly concerned with the numbers and who's liking and who's commenting. It just felt like a nice place to share. Like I'm going to this cool store and here's what I'm seeing. And, and, you know, and no one else saw that exact thing. So it's a way to be very original all the time um, because no one else is you and no one else is seeing what you're doing in your life. Um, so long story short, I, I kind of made myself private for a while when I had my kids. I was raising two boys and I just felt like I wanted to be, you know, um, in that space. But um, I recently went back and said to myself, um, Instagram is the place. It's so much fun. I, I, I just love the feeling of um, sharing something original and putting my own spin on something that might not be original, but having people be able to weigh in and... Um, you know, kind of give me input. So it's almost like it's that two-way street that then, and everybody talks about engagement. Um, I feel like for me, it's the place to build a community, have engagement and, you know, take it from there in terms of business and sales. What strategies do you recommend to your clients? Do you implement with your clients? How do you approach it from that perspective? So I think most importantly is figuring out your like cohesive, branding um, feel for Instagram. And it really has to be something where um, what you see on Instagram is um, the way you kind of want to be described as a brand overall. And let's say you're, you can be a, a small one person shop in your house making, you know, jewelry or be a massive jewelry store. But the way that you come off on Instagram really speaks a whole lot to your brand story. So I think working out that brand story, your colors, your overall aesthetic, and the way that you want to communicate with your um, your followers um, is really important. And then right after that is that consistent posting, figuring out the editorial calendar, um, how often are you going to post, and and then right alongside that is engagement. So I kind of get that down pat with my clients and have them sit down and figure out how do they want to be seen? How often do they want to be seen? And how do they want their customers to feel? And when you have all of that together, it becomes a really nice um, formula that obviously can be changed and shifted over time. But if you start out with that right um, foot, right in front of the one foot in front of the other, um, I think you can have a great degree of success. Can you give us an example of that strategy, like how you walk through somebody, like what do you want your potential client to feel when they see your post? That's really interesting. Can you yeah. walk us through that? Yeah. I mean, I probably could even do it more maybe because I'm, I run my own Instagram on L Studio and I kind of feel like I have intentions of how I want my followers to feel um, in general. And then I kind of translate that over to the different brands that I work with. But I kind of, I think it takes a lot of um, almost like social, emotional wherewithal to think about um, taking a perspective, right? Of thinking about who's on the other end of this and how do you want them to be engaging with you and what message they want to receive? What message do you want to put out there? But I think you have to sit down and really imagine who your ideal client, follower, um, 
you know, someone who's going to purchase something from you and think about it from their perspective. You don't want to be putting out content based on what you want to put out. You have to almost put out content based on the way um, it's hard. It's like psychology, I think, the way that you want someone to feel after seeing it. Do you want someone to look at a bracelet and have some kind of, um, you know, desire to go and see that bracelet in person? Let's say I work for a jewelry brand. And, you know, um, I'm like, I like to almost be like a hype girl in that sense. Like I'll hype up the jewelry and say, you know, so taking perspective, I think is very important. Um, I, I think sitting down and talking to the person who is in, who owns the business and having them fill out kind of like a questionnaire, um, getting a feel for what feels good for them, um, you know, is, is part of the overall plan of what I do. That's really interesting. How do you deal with maybe a potential client who only wants their potential customer to just feel like buy as soon as they see it, like hit the buy button. Like how do you kind of uh, explain that or, or transition that into a, let's build a relationship with this follower. Let's not, you know, just go for that quick. Right. So I think that's really hard on, on Instagram right now um, because there's so many different ways to get into someone's subconscious there. Right. So there's stories, there's, reels, there's lives and there's feed posts. And I think that if you're relying on your feed posts primarily, and you're kind of saying, look at this beautiful bracelet here, buy it, you're going to get a lot less impact than if you're putting that bracelet maybe on your story and you're acting, you're asking your followers and um, to engage on that. I love stories so much because I feel like the people that are sliding the heart, they're voting in your polls, those are the people who are very close to coming in and buying that bracelet. They're like, they're, they're chomping at the bit, right? So I think that any, anyone can sit and say and comment, but I think if you're getting people to really engage even more deeply, like how much do you love this bracelet or do you like this one or that one? Those people are kind of like your, your very warm leads. And by kind of a, a nice little trick is speaking to them over DM after they've voted in these polls. Oh, I saw that you voted. Like, what do you like about this? You know, taking the conversation one step further. And of course, direct messaging is so um, like personal. It's like texting at this point. So I think that's a great strategy to kind of, of course, do a feed post, get the reels in as well. But um, those those engagement stickers over stories are just an invitation for conversation in the DM and people really underuse that, I think. Do you ever work with clients who are just really scared to maybe put themselves out on camera, on stories, to to get out there and do lives? How do you work with clients? So it's funny. I get a lot of texts ever since I started doing this. I get texts and DMs from friends and people who own their own businesses who will see me. Um, I, at one point, was also pretty afraid of going on video, not photos, but more just video. And, you know, so people will say to me, oh, you're so brave to go on video or, oh, I'm so afraid to put myself out there. And it's kind of funny. Um, I think that my experience blogging gave me this a little bit like fearlessness to put my opinions out there, put myself out there in a way that... Um, some friends used to say like, you're not exactly the same person on your blog as you are in real life. And I think it's almost like you get a little more confidence from 
um, establishing your voice online. And it might be a little bit different than you are in quote unquote real life, but it is still kind of like a persona. And I think everyone needs to, what I want to say is also like authenticity is an honesty for me is a place where I, I come from in everything I do. So I can't really get away from that. I think that my advice to people who are afraid to get out there, it's obviously always best to go in baby steps and whatever feels comfortable, kind of like wade in, dip your toe in a little bit, put a picture up, see how that feels. Go on video for a short period of time and then see how that feels. Then you'll probably end up feeling like you want to do a live at some point. But I think it's this little little bits add up to more and more courage. And um, I'm actually thinking about um, launching this kind of course or one-to-one series where people can work with me to, um, you know, get a hold of that online persona and let go of that fear because what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe your video gets 20 views, but the next time you put out another video, you'll get 50 and you just keep getting that um, input. And the more you keep doing it and the more consistently you put yourself out there, the more people are going to expect it from you and want to come back to see what you have to say the next time. So I think it's just baby steps until you feel comfortable and it, and you'll get there. I like what you said about the persona, because I think that's something that it's hard for people to understand. I want to be authentic, but I don't want to have a persona. That's not who I am. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not. But also you do need to kind of get over that fear, right? And I was thinking, and there are probably better examples, but Beyonce has a persona, right? She calls it Sasha Fierce. I'm sure there are other examples, but like for whatever reason, people say, okay, when I do this project or I do this type of action, I'm going to give that a new, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just you kind of summoning the courage and coming at it from a different angle to to force yourself or or to make yourself do it from a little bit different perspective. So I I think what you said is is 100% right. And I think people are also drawn to people who put themselves out there in a way because they watch it like it's television, right? They watch reality TV. I don't know any of those people on reality TV, but I know that people watch. And if they were going to watch you, even though they don't, you know, they know you personally, they have a relationship with you, they'd probably be more likely to watch you than to watch reality TV of somebody that they don't know. So I think there's a lot um, that you could do there. So the moral of the story is try to get over your fear, use that persona, right? I think that's Yeah, and I'm fascinated by psychology and always have been so and studied it in college a little bit. And I think there's a lot of psychology on Instagram and, you know, social media in general. And I think um, understanding psychology and how people think and how you can make people, you know what I mean? Like, it's a back and forth thing. And I think, like anything, um, it's a two way street. So I think that, you know, People are thinking, um, someone told me this recently, you know, it's so fleeting. Your interactions on Instagram are so fleeting that they are thinking so much more about themselves than actually about you. So you have to kind of remember that, that you are not being judged nearly as much as you think you're being judged. People are so much more concerned with their own lives, um, but we allow fear about the judgment to kind of get in the way of putting ourselves out there at times. Can you go a little bit more into the psychology? What what other aspects do you think does psychology impact Instagram? Do you think like it has to do with how many times a day we check the app or how many times we look to see who liked it as opposed to who commented or whatever? Like, where do you think that really comes I mean, from? I, maybe we should do some kind of a study on this. I think, 
Um, I think there's there. I mean, I did watch that that special. There was the Netflix special all about this. Um, and I think that the app is designed to keep you on it and people do get addicted to it. Why do people look at who viewed their stories? You know, and I think it's so funny. People, people view who viewed the stories and they view that many times. Like, it's not as if you view it. And I think it's just, it's, it's almost like if you, if you're like a Zen master and can get, um, you know, in control of your own thoughts and actions on this app, you can be spending so much more time um, growing versus kind of staying stagnant. Because I think if you use the app as a business owner or a social media manager in a purposeful, intentional way, um, all the things that um, the addicting behaviors that it probably was set out to cause can kind of stay on this side. You know, they say like, stop the scroll. So you don't want to be on Instagram aimlessly scrolling as a business owner or someone who's trying to grow their own account. You want to be very purposeful in your interactions on Instagram. And that means, I think, finding, going in the search bar and finding a lot of um, potential clients. But I think that there are, there's definitely a lot of noise um, and, you know, that kind of addicting personality, if you have an a, a personality that could be like addicted to anything. This is definitely another venue for that. You agree? I agree. Totally <laughs> agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the social dilemma. That's definitely, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Really a lot of time spent on the notifications and turn those off yeah. if you haven't already. Um, Lisa, are there some tools that you recommend or use with your own clients? So I'm a little old fashioned and um, I love, and I get a lot of ideas. So whenever I have new ideas, I put them in my notes section. I think that my notes section is probably the most used app in my phone. I have so many notes. I have notes for all my different clients and I, any ideas that I get, I throw them in there because my ideas come and then they go. Um, I, I have two boys and I'm over 40. So I think it's, um, you know, my ideas come and go. So I put them down very quickly. But I want to say, I also love using Trello for organization. I think it's like, so satisfying to finish a task and move that little square over. It's like something yeah. about that makes me very happy. For people who are not familiar with Trello, can you just describe it from a high level? It's something that you can use on your computer. It's um, you sign up for it and it almost gives you a preview of what your week would look like. It's like a, a, a calendar. It's done in a very beautiful way too. So like aesthetics really matter to me. So when I look at it, I feel like I'm looking at this very um, engaging online, different colors ca um, calendar. So you can take a little sticky and put it under a day of the week. And then if you don't get that thing done on Monday, guess what? You can move it to Tuesday. And that gives me a lot of flexibility because um, the pressure's off. You're going to finish it at some point. And then when it's completely done, you move it over to like the completed and it's so satisfying. Um, so maybe this is a Trello commercial. I'm not sure. Um, I also want to say I definitely use, um, I want to say studying insights is something that I do very frequently for my clients and for myself. And I think that it's underutilized in general. Um, once you study what has gone well on Instagram and use that information, I love a lot of data points. I've always been a little bit like a science nerd. So taking all the data and seeing what's worked and then keep, 
keeping on, keeping on. If it's working, great. If it's not, don't delete the post, but just try to stay more towards like, you know, the other post that might have done much better. Um, I think you can keep kind of like perfecting and um, getting getting your post and your, you know, even the timing of your post. You can see that from your insights. Um, so use the insights. One more thing I wanted to bring up. I don't know if people know about this so much, but there's um, a very cool extension that I downloaded on Chrome a long time ago. It's called Zest. Do you know about Zest? I do not. No, keep going. Oh my, this is something you should know. So it's all about marketing trends. And let's say you open up Chrome, instead of it opening up to, um, you know, whatever your homepage is, it's opening up to the Zest page. And there's tons of articles. And I'm, again, I love to read. I love to listen. I like to know all about what's going on in social media. And it changes so quickly. So um, it's kind of like an aggregate of all the best articles, um, very informative, quick. You can read them you know, quickly or you could see how long they're going to take you to read. Um, I highly recommend it for social media managers and anybody who is trying to stay current with social media. It talks about Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, email marketing. Um, you know, so I, I really, really rely on that to keep myself current as I also rely on this podcast to keep myself current. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. That's great. This has yeah. been awesome having you on. Can you tell everyone where we can find you online and what we can look forward to you creating in the near future? Sure. Um, I am L Studio Media on Instagram and I'm pretty, um, I post a lot, so I'm pretty active there. Um, and I am in the works of making a social media seminar um, where you can kind of tune in for a day and get a lot of information. It would be good for anyone who's doing social media on their own for their own company, or if there's anyone who's a social media manager looking to like kind of set up shop like that. Um, and I'm also going to be adding some training for finding your online presence and refining your voice. Great. All that will be in the show notes. You can find links to all the stuff that Lisa is talking about. This has been so great having you on. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's great. Okay, that's it for today's show. Come back in two weeks for the next episode. I'm not exactly sure who I'm going to interview yet because even though I have interviews lined up, sometimes things get rescheduled. It's just kind of the nature of doing this show. But if you want more Instagram news, check out my daily show, The Instagram Stories, which you can find on your smart speaker or Apple Music, Spotify, wherever else you get podcasts. You'll know you found it because it has a lot of episodes. It's a daily show. That's how it works. If you could do me a favor, though, and leave a review of this show on Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts, that would really help other people to find the show, and I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and come back in two weeks for a new episode. How did you find my show in the first place? So I think that it's so funny. I can remember the time of year it was. It was like freezing cold and I was getting messages from people that their engagement was sucking. And I Googled, why does my engagement suck on Instagram? And I found that article, The Rainy Loon. Yeah, yeah. And then it was linked, I guess, somehow to you. And then I was like, oh, this guy really like seems to know his So I'm going to like listen to him now. Thank you for saying that. Um, Rachel, the nicest person ever. She's not like a um, 
put yourself out there kind of person. Um, okay. She's she's an artist and she was on the podcast and she like gave the whole story of what happened when she called Instagram, you know, when they called her and it, she's a super nice person. Um, I'll have to connect you guys because she's, she's great. She seems like she really like, you know, has made a place for herself on yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, she has found a people who love her artwork. And I mean, like if you're an artist, that's the dream. Like that's there's yeah. nothing better than that. That's so great. That fantastic.